0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my comfy corner. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Welcome back to the Just Here Psychosis podcast with me, Tess. Again, she's back. I know. (laughs) What a great time. Jade's (laughs) here again. I'm here again. Jade's going to be here for most of the time for these quarantine podcasts, I think. Yeah it's going to be... It's the only time we talk. Ah. Okay, yeah, that's kind of true. <laughs> um, we thought today we'd do a bit more of a serious topic, actually. We thought we'd talk about mental health. Um, we're going to try and keep it light-hearted. <laughs> Jade, no! She just kissed my windowsill. <laughs> and she's got red lipstick all over the windowsill. It wipes off. Not very well. That was a perfect shape-lit thing. It's like what you see in... Now there's red smudges on my windowsill. Not anymore. Still a little bit. Okay, it's basically gone now. Don't do that. (laughs) Okay, so I've got some questions that I thought we'd go through. The first question, what mental health issues do we have? You can suck. So I have psychosis and depression. Those are my two diagnosed issues. Shall I explain what they are? Uh, yeah. So psychosis is like basically in my psych- there's lots of different types of psychosis, but mine tends to be the voices in my head. Um you get some that have delusions. Um they might think someone's chasing them or gonna kill them or the um some people get it so like the tv they feel like the tv is talk people on tv are talking about them um i don't personally experience that i'm actually on medication that stops my symptoms altogether um i'm on enough medication now that that's the case but i still have psychosis it's just medically regulated so yeah and then depression, kind of everyone knows depression. Yeah, everyone knows that. It's very, very low mood, no motivation. Yeah. All of those things. But again, I'm on medication for that as well. So um, I have anxiety, which in some aspects it's quite bad and in others it's not too bad. But that's that's what I have. And I don't have medication for it because I don't think it's as serious... As other people's, but I I struggle with that a lot, and I I wouldn't say it's a mental health disorder, but I also struggle with um misophonia, which is like a hatred of noise and sound and like tiny things. Yeah, it can make uh, you feel quite angry. Yes, and. It makes everyone else angry, because I'm always like, can you just stop breathing so loud? That's the thing that I say to lot. Yeah, you just ask me to stop breathing. It's, yeah, and it's hard because my dad eats so loudly that if I give him a sort of look where it's like, can you stop? He gets really annoyed, which I mean, I understand, but I just, it just makes me really angry. Shall I talk about the anxiety? Yeah. Okay, so... With my anxiety, it's more, I'd say, social anxiety, where I struggle... Like, one thing that I'm really struggling to come to terms with at the moment is that I need to get a job and, like, be social with... Like, I keep saying like a lot. I, st- I struggle talking about stuff as well. I'm not very good at speaking. If I... I'm close to someone and I get to know them. I'm a really good people person. But if I'm just meeting you, I get really, like, I just smile. Because I can't really say anything. Does that make sense? mm Yeah. And I also, because I had a counsellor at school where I talked, I think this is part of the anxiety where I get really freaked out at night. Because I feel like I'm seeing stuff and, like, hearing stuff. I think that's anxiety. Or maybe it's just because I'm a baby. But, yeah, I'm also very bad at explaining anxiety. <laughs> I was going to say, you haven't really experienced... Because in the UK, we have the NHS, the National Health Service, and they've come under a lot of criticism in the past about their how they deal with mental health issues... I feel like they deal with it really fine, because when I think it was year 10, my anxiety got really, really, really That's bad. What, 15 years old? Yeah. 15, 14, I don't know. One of the ages. I think it's just through year 7 to year 10, I was, like, having moments where it was really bad, and then not so bad. But in year 10, it got really, really bad, because that was when my GCSEs were starting, and I was getting really panicky and all that. So we contacted teens in crisis and that led to us like I think we had an appointment at the with the NHS like we went to the hospital yeah you went to the doctors and then they recommended that I had a school counsellor which did help for a brief time and then recently I've been feeling like at night like last night I didn't get much sleep because I was just like I couldn't I couldn't go to sleep because my head was just playing randomly like, I find I have moments where I'm just sat in silence and my brain is just thinking about random, random stuff. I think that might be because I m- might have ADHD, maybe, that I like get distracted and all that stuff. I don't know if that's part of it, but yeah. So <laughs> my, my route, well, I'll talk about my route to my diagnosis first, because that's basically how I got here. So I I can't remember exactly what order it is, but we have I remember. I remember we have a family member who had had some issues that were similar to mine, and she'd come into a lot of trouble, and so I said I I decided to say oh yeah I I think I have similar health issues, um and I think initially it was kind of brushed off in the family, and they kind of just. Like, oh, well, you're fine at the... You're, you seem fine, so you're dealing with it. You'll be fine. Um, and then I had a breakdown in one of my lessons. And the teacher told my tutor. And the tu- my tutor told my head of year. And I was called in to talk to him. And he'd said, I need you to go home and tell your mum tonight. And then I'll come back tomorrow and we'll talk again about what we can do about this. And... Um, instead of letting me tell my mum, he phoned home to tell them that I'd been having issues at school without... He'd said he wouldn't do that. He'd said he'd leave it down to me to tell her. Um, And instead, he phoned home without telling me he was going to do that, having having agreed that I was going to be the one to tell my parents, which was quite a big issue for me because it it created this level of mistrust with the person who was basically in charge of my studies Um, but I um, went to my mum told her she said oh he's actually already phoned me and talked to me about it and we went and got a doctor's appointment to talk about it with them and they uh, I talked about it with my doctor but because psychosis doesn't tend to be an area That is commonly brought up uh, at at the doctors. Um, They tend to cover like depression and anxiety, and um, they know a bit more about that. They Mm. actually referred me really quickly to a team called Gloucestershire Recovery and Psychosis, who I've been with now for four years. Um, They've been helping me through it, and they've managed with their help. I've managed to get to a point now where I'm symptom free, which is really nice. But my experience with the n h s was actually that they were very understanding and they realized that they didn't know necessarily they weren't experts in the area I needed help in, so they referred me on very quickly yeah. um and my counselors at grip i they're great <laughs> they're they're really good, and I really like them and yeah, I guess was to hear. The only thing that annoys me about the NHS, like this isn't anything that is like, mm, but it's just what I've experienced is I really, I have been really wanting to go onto the anxiety medication and I can't do that until I'm 18 unless it's like really severe, which luckily it's not. But I just, during like year 10 and 11, I just really wanted to be on it so it could just all stop. Yeah, Yeah. the thing that led to me being put on medication was exams, that it was going to risk my future if I wasn't put on medication because it was the voices in my head were causing a lot of issues with concentration and I was having really bad episodes. Same with my anxiety. I think that is one of the... I'm not going to be like, ooh, it's the main cause of me not doing well in my GCSEs, but I feel like that because the path going, like having to study and revise with my anxiety I kept like thinking oh I'm gonna fail there's no point so and like I know that's what normal people like and any other people would think but it like just made me just not I just didn't really try hard enough so I like I hate that so much so I didn't do well in my GCSEs really See, I, with my exams, I didn't do as well as I was expected by any means. For GCSEs, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any like extra time or rest breaks or anything, but I had mitigating circumstances, which kind of meant they, it didn't really do anything in the end, but it would, it would, in theory, if I had a big issue, they would take that into account when grading my paper, but. It re- it didn't really do anything, but for A levels I had extra time, and that was really helpful because it meant I could just take a second to read to properly like read through what I was looking at properly, get myself back into the headspace where I could concentrate, and I I had more time to process information, and I was less stressed about timing, and that worked really well for me. And now at university I have rest breaks if i need them which i'm limited to the amount of time the amount of time i can have as a rest break is limited but i can if i need to stop turn my paper over put my hand up and ask for it to have a break which is really helpful Mm -hmm. because it just if if i do get into a hysterical state i can just calm down for a bit, and I don't have to worry about how that will affect my grades. What I... For my exams, I got extra time, and I was in a room with, like, lots of other people where we wouldn't be in a big hall. We'd just be in our own separate... Well, not separate, but there would be, like, lots of other students in there, but... It was a smaller like a room. a smaller room. And the trouble with me is I was allowed to have breaks, and, um, like, the examinators would come to me at the beginning of like each exam and be like if you need to like go outside because I'd get really I'd feel really really anxious and get really bad panic attacks sometimes through my exams that the problem with my (laughs) anxieties I'd be too scared to ask if I could go out so I'd just be stuck in the room just like trying to like silently have a panic attack which I laugh about because coping mechanisms but that was something that was really difficult i think the whole exam situation is just really it's not nice at all and i don't think for anyone it's nice at all it's just they just put so much pressure it's horrible yeah so what kind of things do you do to cope with your issues um i haven't really found any way to cope The the things that I can do is I'll just, like, watch stuff. Which, obviously, I couldn't do an exam. Like like a distraction technique. Yeah. Like, like I'm still going through it all, but I can just distract myself. Like, I like to do art a lot sometimes. And, like, in lessons, I would doodle in the corner of my Even though I can't draw, i just do random doodles. Like, either I'd colour in the squares in my maths book which my teachers did get kind of annoyed with, but I, uh, I spoke with them about it. Uh, or, like, in English, i just draw, like, random hearts or, like, 3D shapes, mm. which is, yeah. But that's my main coping mechanism. Like, I don't really have a way that I can stop it. I just go through it. Like, during night times, like I've mentioned, my head just goes, like, I can't find something to switch my brain off and go and like just ignore it I'm really bad at explaining all of this (laughs) but I would just at night I'd try and focus on stuff and then when I try and focus on stuff I like hear noises outside like I'd hear like birds or something or like the wind or I like think I heard heard something in the house it's horrible (laughs) like it's actually horrible Basically, I don't really have a way of coping with it. <laughs> mm. So, I, yeah. I just go through it. My main coping mechanism is distraction techniques, similar to you. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll try and listen to podcasts. or Normally, it would be going and hang out with my friends or spend time with other people because that really calms me down um, if, if they're people I like. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I'll listen to podcasts. I'll listen to music. watch videos if if I need to be doing something else listening to music tends to be my coping mechanism Um, but removing myself from the situation is always a good idea if you can Um, just um, in school I had permission to just go and sit outside when I needed to basically Um, and that really helps spending enough time outside I don't know like obviously I'm being tested a bit with this quarantine and that is keeping me sane um move uh i do meditation or relaxation and mindfulness of sorts i do it every evening so that i can get to sleep and i try and do it most mornings depending on how much time i have but i find that it's really good to start off the day in a more relaxed and calm state and it just leads to the day being a bit more productive and better that's like the struggle with me is all this stuff that like counsellors or therapists I don't think I've heard the therapist, but like people suggest to me is stuff that I can't do because of the misophonia like I can't do meditation and I can't just be quiet because there's all these noises and it's like even if there's no noises my head will like work um no, not, what's, like um it works like you know when you see that thing where it's like cogs spinning cogs spinning like it's working and it's like trying to find it like i try and find noises which i can just be like angry out or something It's quite self-destructive it is i am really self-destructive like my brain just tries to find something like it, it it's yeah so I can't meditate or, like, do anything that would help my anxiety because it doesn't help the misophonia, which is really annoying. We, we've we kind of discussed this, but what are your main triggers for anxiety? Noise. So noise. So it's the misophonia linked with the anxiety. Yeah, noise, Um, the thought of... Oh, this is going to sound... Uh, but the thought of having to do schoolwork. Like, Mm. even if it's something I love, like, even if it's doing my art, because I, school just gives me so much anxiety that even if it's something that I love, just, I just can't handle it. Or, like, yeah, so those are, like, my main triggers. Sometimes there's literally nothing that needs to take, like, I would be enjoying myself so much, and then suddenly I just start feeling really shaky and just really emotional. Mm. and it's i don't know i just i think i struggle a lot worse than you may think i do Mm. because like mum and dad and you you just see me like getting all annoyed and be like oh shut up like stop eating so loud but like i i really do struggle so much and like i I know Mum cares a lot, but I don't think she actually realises how much. And she's just like, "Okay, you just have to do this," and I'm like, "I can't, <laughs> I can't." Yeah, that's why. Like, I really, really am not looking forward to having to get a job, because mm-hmm. the whole process. Like, I'll probably enjoy it when I'm working there, uh, like after a couple of weeks or something. But like the whole process, I just is horrible <laughs> to think about. Yeah. Hmm. My um, triggers tend to be, um, I get really stressed by deadlines. That's something I always have to have my work done basically as soon as it's set because you, I have, um, I, I actually have a week extra on my deadlines at uni, um, but I'm so terrified of like someone noticing that I've handed something in late, or commenting, or thinking I'm less less good at what I'm doing because I have to hand something in late that I have I am yet to hand anything in in my extra allotted time. Um I I until until quarant until lockdown I hadn't handed anything in less than three days early because I just I can't deal with if I if I suddenly have a day where I can't work properly, I can't risk in my head I can't risk handing something in late because of that or having to apply for mitigating circumstances or because that just feels kind of like I've always been someone who in theory can cope with my work and has been able to keep on top of what I'm doing and the idea of someone thinking I'm struggling is really I just don't I don't like that for me yeah like I um I'm not so worried about being handing stuff in late because my main focus is because I want it to be perfect like, I, I definitely have OCD in some aspe- uh, aspects of my life. Not in, like, keeping my room tidy. But, like, in things have to be perfect. I have to, like, at dinner, I have to have certain cutlery. Mm-hmm. And, like, my food... I sit in a certain seat. I sit in a certain seat. My food has to be, like... Separated. N- not touching. Like, it's so weird. I think that... Do you reckon that would be like part of ADHD? That Mum reckons I have a tiny bit of autism. You definitely show symptoms which have never been diagnosed. Yeah, I do reckon I have like little aspects of it. But um yeah, so I have to there's some things I just have to have a certain way. Like I I have to, I can only really drink with a straw. I don't know why, which is bad for my teeth and all that. But yeah, so I I don't worry about handing stuff in late, which I guess I should worry about, but it's more, it has to be perfect, it has to be a certain way. If it's not, I'm going to start again. Um, yeah. Have we only done the first question? No. Oh, have I we? I haven't been reading the questions, I was oh. just making them up. Oh, okay. Do you have any questions? No, are there any there? Um we've kind of gone through most of them um what do you need to feel supported in your mental health issues how do you want people to react and people to sort of be part of your network i what i struggled with is the friends that well friends that i've had um they like if i'm at the shop and I have to go and pay for something and they are like oh just do it just go and do it you've got to do it you've got to get over this you've got to do it and that just causes more anxiety that makes me panic more whereas with my best friend Beth even though she does struggle with anxiety I think with that aspect aspect I can't I just said that word so many times she helps me like when we go shopping she'll be like okay i'll go buy your stuff for you because she's a supportive friend and there's probably actually i don't know there's probably some stuff that i do for her that helps her but like she's my best friend and we she's my she's my coping mechanism i should say she's the one that helps me cope well, I also didn't say how my like how it all started, like you explained your story. Okay, you can do that. Wait, hold on. I want to explain on um, my s- uh, uh, side view. <laughs> <I don't laughs> your know. oh, your point of view of me. My point of view of yours. This I remember this because I I had no idea about any of this stuff. All I knew is like the thing that went on with mum's cousin, yeah. and then suddenly. I was sat, you know, when our room, house was separate, like the living room and the dining room and all that. I was sat on the sofa and I heard mum on the phone talking to grandma and I thought like you were dying or something. So I was just sat there and I started to cry because I thought you were dying. And then mum came through and she explained it all to me. And I was like, oh, God, (laughs) I was like, that was literally I remember that. That's the only thing I remember.
1: You thought I was dying. I honestly,
0: yeah, because mum was like, she was like talking and like, she said like, oh yeah, something like what, um, mum's cousin was going through, and then I was like, is she dying? (laughs) I was so because like also when I got diagnosed with dyslexia, I thought it was like a disease. I didn't realise it was. I'm quite. I'm a bit dumb, aren't I? No dyslexia, but like you just struggle to process things. I I think. But anyway, my story of how, I, I think, I didn't really suddenly go, "Oh, got anxiety. I think it was a th- thing that's increased after a while. Because I, first I found out I had dyslexia, which then made me like... Yeah, I think that can be lumped into... I think that's how all, it all although started. Although it's a learning difficulty, it can be it can be put with your mental health issues. Yeah, that does how, affect... Mm, that's, I think that's how it all started. But I do say it all started as soon as we moved to England, because it was a sudden change. You think? Do you think that was a traumatic experience that led to? I think so because the, I lost, I left all my friends, and then I didn't really. I then I started getting bullied. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, to be honest, I think that was the traumatic. I think the traumatic was the experience trauma. was moving to England. Well, England I don't think was it was so necessarily bad. moving to England. I think it was it, being it was bullied. Being bullied. Yeah, but I I noticed it starting when I found out I was dyslexic and like then like the not really caring about learning after that because I thought basically when that happened I just thought I was just stupid and I couldn't learn anything Mm. and then I think in um, year five I started to have those moments where I cry so much because I didn't want to go into school. Yeah, you we'd really struggle getting but you into school. But I think that was also because you had just left mm-hmm. school. And so I didn't want to. Like, this is the same thing cause when I quit Scouts and Guides because you went there. I think it's because I. I'm quite a big part of your yeah, coping mechanism, yeah. socially, especially. Yeah, like I. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I have friends around, you'll always want to hang out with us. Yeah. You always. I've never liked being on my own. No. I hate it so much. That's why. That's one of the main reasons I don't want to go to university. One because there's no way I could go. <laughs> I can't get into university, and also I don't like being on my own. It's yeah. like I. It. I think because a lot of the time I am on my own because like the whole thing where I've like struggled with friendships, lost loads of friends, gained friends, been stabbed in the back by my friends. I think, so sometimes I'm alone at school and then sometimes I'm alone at home, especially when you're in university. Mm. And there's a lot of times where I just like message you being like, I miss you so much. (laughs) I think it was quite traumatic for you to, for me to go to university and then for your friend to leave sick form. Yeah, it was Honestly, that was the most difficult time I've ever thing I've ever experienced. Then you replace us with a boy, yeah, and then yeah, that, didn't, and then work that didn't work out. <laughs> but like my two coping mechanisms, I'm calling you guys the coping mechanisms, <laughs> left me <laughs> not not to make it all dramatic, but like Beth had a good, great career opportunity which she is doing so well at. I'm so proud. And then yeah. you had a career opportunity, well, kind of. I was i a career opportunity. I'm just, that's why I'm doing that. Further the, education. Further education by going to university. So then you all left, and I was just there with friends that I didn't really see as... Well, they weren't really friends. You struggled because you, you were, were me. very close to Beth. I birth. was very close to Beth. Very close. And then suddenly you had to start making... You do really well when you've got a couple of really close friends. Yeah. And once you can't hang out with them, you're kind of having to restart making those close bonds. It's quite difficult for you. And it hasn't worked. <laughs> yeah, well... What was I even talking about? The story of my anxiety? Yeah, the story of oh, yeah. your anxiety. We've gone off on a tangent. Yeah. So... um, I think, yeah, when you left um, year six to go to secondary school, and, at, and then the year five, I was really struggling then. And I think that's, I think at some point I went and got counselling. I don't know whether it was at school, or whether it, I don't know. I think it was like the beginning of secondary school, maybe. But um, I was really struggling wouldn't you not being there. Um, yeah. And I think that was where it was. Well, not where it was started, but year five is definitely when I noticed that I was like. That it was impacting your life. Impacting, yeah. And then in year six, I suddenly thought, oh, I want a new change. And started at Red Knock without yeah that was a big without step without my for friends which i i have to say there are moments i regret that a lot because like obviously well like i miss macy and all that and i could have like i could have been all right and maybe if i went there maybe i would have worked harder i don't know but then i wouldn't have there so i don't think you would have worked harder if you were a different I well either way I didn't do well in school (laughs) but yeah I think I think you'd have struggled a lot more being compared to me yeah but then I would also have you yeah and I I don't think my school because my the school I went to was the local secondary school I just went to the closest place whereas you went to the same school as mum yeah that mum teaches at. I think it's like I think it's because I wanted to to be with mum. Yeah, but they had so much more that they could do for you in terms of your learning difficulties. Yeah. Whereas my school didn't... They didn't really have a good programme for helping people with learning difficulties. And then, after year six, we got a little dog. Oh, we got a dog. The dog's been so helpful. Mum, mum said that the main reason that she agreed to getting a dog was for... I think it was for me. And then you got the whole psychosis thing after that, which... I I it was about the same time that we got the dog. Yeah, so like I I think I remember mum being like, oh yeah, we I think I overheard or something. And she was like, oh yeah we, it was not like a, oh we got it for her. But we got it to help. Yeah. Like it was also that was a, re- a one of the reasons. Jazz. And now he's a little therapy dog. Oh yeah, our dog's just um passed the test to be a therapy dog. Which is great. Because he's so sweet. He is my therapist. He is a good therapist. He is amazing. Taking the dog out on the walk, as I said, is the only thing keeping me sane right now. I've taught him how to hug. (laughs) I go to him and I'm like, hug! And he just, you know how people say that dogs' versions of hugging is giving you their paw? Yeah. He'll, he'll like, put it on your arm. And I'll be like, oh, (laughs) George. He's so cute. Yeah. I anyway, have any questions. Well, not really, but my main coping mechanism is my friends and like you and Yeah, I just need to see my friends. I need to Honestly, see. Honestly, I'm deprived. One of my friends sent a really cute poem that she wrote while she was drunk. <laughs> and it was about how much she missed us. And uh-huh. I was like, Oh Hannah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I miss them as well. They're like my big sisters. Oh, this has been such a depressing episode. It is. I nearly cried. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep. It oh god, no, my doctor today because I had a phone call with my doctor because obviously I can't see them, and <gasps> I've got a cramp. <laughs> oh my god, oh, oh, that really hurts. Come anyway, <laughs> I had a phone call with my doctor, and she asked me how many, how often I cry, <laughs> and I nearly cried as she asked. Me. I was like, I cry so often. I think I cry every day. I cry out of frustration. A like lot. sometimes it won't be like a, but sometimes it would just be like I'm sitting there and then just a tear trickles down, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh bother, <laughs> oh, oh bother, here we are again. Here we go. Yeah, but yeah. it exfoliates my skin, keeps my skin fresh. And I like to say that's the reason why I don't have many spots. Well, at least I don't have many spots in my cheek area. I get no more one really gets my spots in the cheek area. I sometimes get them there. Yeah, that's true. I get them around my nose. Yeah. Oh, my foot's got numb now. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> Shall we end the episode here? Do you need to get up? Yeah. I was going kind to of need the toilet. <sighs> okay, we'll end it, it here. You so all we'll need to know that. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening to another podcast. Sorry this one was so depressing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you want to get in contact with me, it's just... Uh, psychosis at gmail.com is the email address or our instagram page is the just tea and psychosis pod with underscores in between all the words um feel free to contact us we ask any questions you want we might not answer them but (laughs) yeah we like hearing from people okay see ya bye Bye.